So today, uh, the title of my presentation is Incorporating LiDAR into Transportation Corridor Wetland Delineations. So uh, we'll talk about wetland importance. I don't know how many of you are familiar with this, but they provide a lot of environmental services. You can see that they supply and retain water, rainwater, snowmelt, stuff like that. Uh, it's also good for water quality because they will filter out any toxins that occur from runoff. And then they're also important because they mitigate for flood, floods uh, in coastal areas as well as riverine floods. And then they provide habitat for fish and wildlife. And then uh, they're also important because there's lots of legislation uh, regarding wetlands uh, from the Clean Water Act. There's Section 404 of that. And then also there are EPA and Army Corps of Engineers regulations that you have to abide by if you want to do any sort of work uh, relating to affecting wetlands. So uh, wetland formations, typically um, I would say the hydrology and uh, elevation is the, are the two components that affect wetland formations. Also important is uh, hydric soils, so soils that are either highly compacted or they are of a clay material or clay-based uh, something that is a mixture of clay, they will hold water. And so water will retain. And then wetland species, which are, uh, they're inclined to tolerate uh, oxygen deficient or uh, areas that have lots of water. And so um, typically they occur along water bodies or they occur in areas with high slopes or uh, depressed areas that don't have an outlet for the water that forms or ponds in them. So what is a transportation corridor wetland? Uh, a lot of our work at Wilson Associates on the environmental assessment team deals with the Nebraska Department of Roads work. And so we're dealing with resurfacing or widening or creation of new roads. So a lot of times there are wetlands that will occur on the ditches that have been formed uh, when new roads are made. So you know when you're driving along the interstate, there's a ditch to your to your right, and lots of times wetlands will form in those corridors. So uh, let's see here. Um, I said that uh, dependent on hydrology. A lot of this is depicted by the NHD, but at times um, it can also be independent of NHD hydrology, uh, such as these corridor wetlands. And so um, uh, as a result also of culverts that are um, put in in order to allow for flow of water between different areas uh, underneath roads or in between um, underneath bridges, stuff like that. So uh, why is this important? Like I said, uh, Department of Roads does a lot of work and it all involves wetlands. And so um, the field work that involves wetland delineations is very time intensive. It requires um, often crews of four to six, maybe more, depending on the length of the road that you are doing the delineation for. And then um, depending on the amount of wetlands that will be affected by the, by the project, the NDOR project, you will have to get certain permits uh, depending on uh, the jurisdiction. So sometimes you'll have to get an Army Corps of Engineer permit or um, often you'll have to do some sort of mitigation and buy credits at a wetland bank. So before we go out in the field, we do a lot of preliminary mapping. We make uh, field maps that depict hydric soils. They depict the NHD lines. And then uh, there are two different sets that either we've got an aerial 
so you can see what's actually going on with the vegetation or you have a topographic map as a base map so that you can see elevation. Um, in general, they give us a, a decent idea of where to predict these wetlands, but at times um, a lot of the mapping is inaccurate, like the NWI, or I'm sorry, yeah, NWI was done in the 1980s and it was done primarily using uh, primarily using aerial imagery and I think there, there's an awful figure, I don't know, I, I wanna say it's around 5%, less than 5% of the wetlands that they mapped on the NWI have been validated in the field. So that means, um, you could be technically looking at a wetland from the feature class that they provide you with, but it might not even be there. So uh, my project, what I wanted to do was incorporate LIDAR's potential for identifying where a wetland could, could occur along these corridors of uh, the roads. So it's important because LIDAR is a new technology that hasn't been incorporated into elevation data from the topos that are used for, um, for contours. And so it has, um, it's more current and it's also more accurate within a third of a foot. And also, as we will see, it allows for a more spatial, spatial analysis driven identification versus just a cart cartographic, uh, cartographic identification. So my project goals were to combine Sergo data and HD data and LIDAR for um, elevation driven wetland mapping. And then I also wanted to create a model using Model Builder in order to um, allow somebody who is not as savvy with GIS to be able to produce what I have produced in this project. So my study area is Lincoln, Lancaster County, and uh, I chose this because we have a very good GIS department within Lincoln, Lancaster, and they have a lot of data that's available. And they also had this file, which is a new projects file. And so, uh, what it was is basically anything outside of the Lincoln city limits. It shows you all of their planned projects and planned new roads that they have. Um, I don't know the time span, but I think that they plan anywhere from five to 10 years in the future. So um, I used that and then it was also important for us to look at Lancaster because uh, with Olson Associates being based out of Lincoln, we have the potential to contract for a lot of the work for these new roads. So um, there are three overarching steps to my project. I used um, a DEM to fill the pits, and then I also uh, created a wetland site suitability raster, and then I combined this data for a final uh, mapping aid. Uh, for the DEM, we've all done this in one of our labs. I forget which lab it was, but I basically filled the pits in the DEM, and then I subtracted the filled pit from the regular DEM to get, um, to get the areas where there are sinks. Uh, basically areas where water is not able to be outlet from the low-lying elevation. So like I said, um, what I did was I used the roads, that, that new roads layer, and I buffered them 400 feet just to give a good, good wide, um, wide range so that I could see what's going on uh, on the sides of these roads and then to incorporate for wider roads or less narrow roads depending on how many lanes they are. So I extracted the DEM, I used extract by mask in the spatial analyst toolbox. And so I basically had this DEM, I don't know if I have a slide of it, yeah. So you can see the blue lines that are going on are the roads that have been buffered by 400 feet and then that is the extracted portion of the DEM. So uh, this area right here, this is an area of 800 feet and then this white line here is the center line of the new project. And then this here is the filled pit 
came from the silk pool of the DEM and then the subtraction of that from the regular, or the subtraction of the regular DEM from that. So uh, continuing on here. Okay, so in order to isolate these pits, you can do a, new, um, a couple different things depending on what your output, what you want. I personally wanted a binary raster so that I could use uh, math algebra in order to find a, a suitability ranking uh, feature class. And so I did it twice. I either used um, just regular raster calculator, which uh, the expression was greater than one or greater than zero. So I got a binary raster which showed the pits and then it showed the areas where there was no elevation fill that was um, significant. And then um, continuing on, on here, I showed you a little bit of that. So right here you can see this is what potentially could be an area for a wetland corridor or linear wet corridor wetland to, to begin to grow because it's got this low elevation and then there is the ability for water to pond there and then uh, wetland. So uh, wetland species which are tolerant of water and a lack of oxygen could form in these areas. And then uh, you can also see here this is not your typical uh, transportation corridor wetland. It is one that is driven by hydrology, so something that we might find on the NHD. So then uh, to process my SERGO and my NHD data, what I did was um, a lot of the data that Usually, when you need to find a hydric soil, you can go to the USD soil data viewer, but you have to have a, an area of interest that's less than 10,000 acres, and Lancaster County is, I think, almost 160,000 acres. So what I did was I went to the Lincoln Lancaster GIS viewer, and then you could, uh, you could highlight a soils layer, and then it will show you in its uh, labeling if it's a hydric soil or not. So what I did was I extracted the values that I got from the Lancaster GIS viewer and I extracted those from the Sergo data set and then uh, so I did this bias select by attribute simple um, you just query it out and so I did that uh, for the soils and then for both data sets once I had them uh, in the proper format I did a dissolve function on them and then I used the feature to raster tool in order to get them from a feature class to a raster data set. So then here we have uh, the picture. These are the four rasters. So the blue is the pits that came from the DEM filling, and then the green is the rasterized NHD lines, and then brown is a hydric soil from the Sergos data set. And you can see that there's a little legend there down on the bottom. So then once I had all of my layers in the proper format, I did simple math algebra. So I just used soils times pits times NHD, and then what the final output of that was is this here. So you can see the soils on the background. I just wanted to be able to show you that. And then you can also see the old uh, green line, which is the old NHD file. But here, I don't know how well you're going to be able to see this or not. Um, so the, the blue, the blue that's right here is the combination where all three of these factors occur. So it's very small. Um, it's not really probably relevant for us to extract this and use only this. It's just more um, going to be useful for a visual aid for us to determine uh, where along these corridors that the NHD and that these pits and that the um, hydric soils align. So you can see uh, the purple areas here are areas that are pits from the DEM, but they are in combination with the hydric soils. So this increases the likelihood of um, 
a wetland occurring. And then outside of this area are these green green pits, which are not in a hydric soil. Uh, there's still potential for them for the wetlands to form there, but uh, it's more likely for them to form inside of this hydric hydric soil area. So this is just an example of the model builder that I created, and um, it's not really anything uh, too whoopy. It's just simple in the line. And then, um, so the implications of this. So this final output raster, uh, you could export it to a future class and use it for digita digitizing afterwards when you get back from the field. Oftentimes when you are out there, it's hard to access the areas along um, like steep steep inclines within to the drainage ditch. So you could use the pits here to allow for post-processing digitization. Or um, it also will give you a better idea when you're on the field of where uh, these wetlands could potentially occur. So the shortcomings of my study would be that um, for Lincoln and Lancaster, we're lucky that we have a very good GIS department and that they have lots of data sets available to us. But a lot of the work that we do outside of Nebraska, there are areas where GIS data is uh, not readily available. So if you don't have accurate LIDAR, it's not really um, going to be applicable for that for that study area. And then um, obviously there's going to be a lot of data that's generated from these, so you're going to have to put these on a server somewhere and um, servers cost money. Space on servers cost lots of money actually. So um, my recommendations for this uh, to continue on for efficiency when you're creating these field maps, it would be beneficial to have an iterator in your model builder. And I didn't include that just because I was using only one study area. But if you were working in two different counties and you wanted to iterate through this really quickly, you could have your iterator in there. So it would iterate through different alignments, project alignments for you. So that is my project. Do you have any questions? <laughs>